Hi, everyone. Mitch from PickDogs.com here with Joe Madden. It is Saturday, April 9th, 2022, here with your live show. We're live seven days a week, 365 days a year. We have a bunch of guys joining us uh, today. And uh, I was almost I was checking. I was like, do we have any women joining us? But I guess it's just the guys joining us today. And, uh, of course, uh, we've got... Uh, Tons of games to go over. We've got full Major League Baseball card. We've got just four NBA, and then there's some NHL. So plenty of action going on today. And, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a bumpy start to the baseball season for me, and it's kind of expected. You know, it's like I've it's, – it's some of the things that we kind of see all season long and, you know, forget. And some of the other things may be just a little too optimistic in, in some areas out of the gate and in other areas, you know – maybe just not realistic enough, you know, nothing, nothing crushes your hopes, you know, and dreams like, uh, you know, blown run lines and, uh, and, uh, you know, guys, you know, getting blown up right out of the gate and teams blowing gigantic leads. I mean, we see it all the time in baseball and it's like, we're seeing it right out of the gate again this year. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, it's early, you know. I'm I'm not like damaged, damaged, but I'm not um, not where I want to be either. How about you, Joe? How's your baseball starting off? I know you got off to a good start on opening day. Yeah, good start opening day. I've been taking it um, really cautiously, one bet a day. So was able to get it done with the Giants yesterday. Looked kind of scary at one point, um, but they were able to pull it off there. Yeah, the Giants uh, did their best to to blow that lead as well. Yep. And then, um, you know, in extra innings as well. But, uh, yeah, they were uh, they were trailing there. Looked to be in some sort of trouble. But, you know, they got a runner, that guy that really not a big runner, that, you know, scores from first base on a ball that, boy, you know. I got the uh, – there was some crap calls already. I thought, um, I thought the call in Toronto at the plate, I thought he was out by a mile. And uh, they gave it to him. His foot was clearly above the plate. Did not touch, and um, they. Gave I'm a Blue Jays fan, and I completely agree with you, Mitch. Yeah, he completely was, he agree was with out you. by a mile, and it turned the yeah. game around. Um, I don't know how they can miss yeah. it with replay, but it is what it is. It's one game out of a season, and uh, the Rangers had plenty of chances to win that game. Plenty. They busted up Barrios. I mean, he never got. I mean, he got one out. That was it. Like, I wanted he, to cry when I was watching that. I he was, got crushed. I was like, oh, wow. Mitch was completely right. Oh, he's so he's overrated. Apart. He's, he's so awful. overrated, that guy. It's just, he's one of those world of potential guys. And we have some world of potential guys going today yeah. as well. So uh, a lot to go over with the gang, that's for sure. Um, but anyways, why don't we bring in some of the guys that are here already? We have other people that will be joining us later. So uh, why don't we go ahead? We got Ron Romanelli with us. And we've got Brian Bittler. So small crowd today, but uh, a strong one. And, uh, you know, we can get rolling. All but mighty. So, uh, Ron, how's baseball treating you so far? Yeah, baseball's been doing pretty good. Uh, as far as premium goes, I just did two plays so far, one and one. But um, as far as everything else, just a lot of baseball for me lately, writing articles, doing the Ron's Rundown videos, and uh, just trying to keep up to date with baseball every single day for the next – four or five months it's gonna be a long season but it's gonna be a good one definitely is a long season how about you brian no congrats to joe for being three and oh in mlb so far yesterday the difference between a winning day and a losing day was the miami marlins and giants but uh 
you know, you'll have those during a season. The ups and downs definitely yesterday across the card. Certainly appears to be a lot of value out there today. So uh, we'll see how this schedule goes. So um, I don't know how you guys want to do this, but um, we could uh, look at um, the, the NBA schedule, just four games on there on the NBA schedule today. And we could kind of go over these and then kind of just run down Major League Baseball real quick and uh, call it a day. Absolutely. We got Jovan joining us. <clears throat> Welcome, Jovan. Morning. Good morning. Well, we are just talking about baseball getting underway. Um, we saw your Boston Red Sox, another team that, that – um, failed to close the door yesterday. They certainly had their opportunities to win that game and did not get it done. It was another non-run line win by the Yankees and another another loss by Boston at Yankee Stadium. These are kind of trends that, you know, the betting tools were kind of all over on both of those ends of it, saying that the Yankees haven't covered the run line over an extended period of time. I don't remember the exact number there. And also Boston losing at Yankee Stadium. So they kind of nailed that it was going to be a one-run Yankee win there. But um, Ron Romanelli, you know, one of the things that I always talk about is the, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the elephant in the room, as they say. The $20,000 per pitch that Garrett Cole oh. gets. Um, <laughs> did they get their money's worth yesterday? I mean, oh, no. <laughs> so the so if you're a fan, right, and you're paying that salary because we are paying it, right? We are paying that salary. How do you how do you feel like you know working working at a, a job or like you know working at school to get a job or something? And this guy's getting twenty thousand dollars, and you know, <laughs> Devers, you know, I mean, who was the hottest hitter in all of spring training, you know, and you challenge him like an idiot. Yeah. I mean, really, I think, really an idiot pitch, right? I mean, just a, oh, really. I mean, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't like oh, I missed or something like that. It was exactly the pitch that he wanted to throw, and he got cracked. I mean, I mean, yeah, no doubter. It's not like Devers, you know, was cold all spring or something, and you know, he was the hottest hitter this spring. I we he was my home run prop yesterday. I'm two for two on my home run oh, props nice. um, on our shows. Hit with uh, Soto in uh, game one for the Nats and uh, hit with Devers yesterday. Made it. Nice work, Matt. <laughs> quick work. He <laughs> made quick, quick work of it. Quick um, work. Yes. So yeah. we'll have to find our home run prop for today. But, um, you know, the NBA, just four games today. And then tomorrow, every team is in action as we close out the season. Um, we could either look at these games right out of the gate or we can call out the bums, you know, from this NBA season that, you know, let us down. And, uh, you know, Sacramento Kings are playing, so maybe we'll get to that. Anyways, <laughs> it's like if the Kings were playing, the Lakers would be perfect. Oh, man. That'd be quite the game. Just terrible. Straight ass. We got the Sixers and the in the uh, Pacers to start things off. I, I'm going to give the Pacers an out this year. I'm going to give them a pass. Generally, the Pacers have been a team that's been really good to us over the years. You know, the middle market, playoff team, right? So these guys have been straight money every single season. This year, it's like 
and this has happened the last two years to them where it's like they really only have one guy, you know, who's kind of the guy and he's been out. Right. So they had Oladipo last year who was out like almost the whole season. Then they traded, they got Levert and then Levert was out and then they traded him. I don't know. I kind of like the direction that they're going though. I think they're going to be a playoff team again next year up against the 76ers, a model of disappointment. <laughs> mm. model of disappointment well Love these it. are the people that drafted Foles number one overall I mean these are the guys right yeah. um, <laughs> these are the guys that you know look at some of these draft choices you want to talk about the process right and, and, and you know hitting a home run with Joel Embiid who had the city year right because he was injured but you want to talk about the rest of the process Ben Simmons Foles I mean, these are high picks, big money guys. You know, Jason Tatum was taken behind Falls. It's like, ouch, ouch. <laughs> Brian, is no, your disappointment? This, the the 76ers are among the contenders last couple of years in the Eastern Conference, and, and that's the that's part of the faults. that's I mean, part of the problem. Horrible, that's part of the problem is but, that they had the overall best record last season, heading into the postseason. Um, but uh, they they were not relevant once the uh, playoffs started. You know, I think we're going to see a really tight Eastern Conference playoff. It's going to be interesting to see Brooklyn and, and Boston Celtics and the Sixers and uh, Milwaukee, all top-notch teams. Boston really hot in the second half, so should be interesting. Romanella, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, not not too many thoughts, but I do know the Pacers' defense is basically non-existent. I mean, the last five games they've given up 120 or more points and. Four of those five was 125 or more points. Um, these two teams just played on April 5th, and it was a 131-122 Sixers win. So they didn't cover the spread in that one. It was about an 11-and-a-half-point 11, 11 spread. But they were up by 27 at one point in that game. They really just blew it in the second half. They lost the third quarter by 15 points. Um, so in this one, I lean towards the over. I think anything below 240 in a Pacers game, there's some value on the over. I'm not too concerned. I don't really know how much Philadelphia will want to keep its foot on the pedal. I know they can still leapfrog the Celtics in the standings for the three seed in the East, um, but they don't have to win the game by 14 to do that. So, uh, you know, I lean towards the over. I lean towards the Pacers and the points, but definitely not a game I love. How about you, Jovan? Yeah, I was going to echo those thoughts. So they, you know, the last game they played against the Pacers two two games ago for them. Yeah, the third quarter was a real letdown, forty to forty to twenty-five. You know that that was basically the cover right there. You know for them, or losing the cover. You know, and, and to an Indiana team that's just just pitiful right now on the defensive end. Yeah, they could score and all, but they're not going to score like that against against most teams. That's the problem that I have with um with the Sixers and Dark River team since he's left Boston. Even with Boston, he. he towards the tail end, he has teams that usually they can have a big lead, 25, 30-point lead, and all of a sudden they'll give it up, you know? So I've seen that time and time again, you know, a lot of times we was in with the Clippers and, you know, now with the Sixers. 
And that's that's kind of a problem. It's a trend, and it's a bad trend for for a Doc Rivers uh, coach team. But yeah, I'm on. I'm squarely on the over in this one. And I think it could get to 240 at least. You know, the the last game was 133 to 122 or 120 132 to 123 something like that. So yeah, I'm I'm on over. Sure. I would say the Sixers, but I'm I can't, I can't. That's too that's too big of a spread. They can do it, but will they do it? I don't think so. Joe? Yeah, for myself, I completely agree with you guys on that over. I think it clearly flies over. And I'm looking at the first half of the 76ers. I think that spread is a lot easier to swallow at eight and a half. And I think they get up nice and fast in this first half. I'd be worried about the second half there for the Pacers to cover, but not in the first. I think uh, 76ers have it. I'm on the Pacers in this one. I'm not even thinking twice about it. It's a ton of points to be laying here with a Sixers team that, you know, like I said, has had very little success in the playoffs. So they maybe try a different approach and maybe, you know, you don't want to rest these guys because now you have back-to-backs, you know. You got really one guy who, if he goes out, your season is over. And um, I'm going to guess he's not. He's going to probably play, keep him active, but I don't think he's going to play all that much. It's like when you're a one-man band and the one man ain't playing, um, tough to cover two touchdowns and change. I don't know. Maybe they're not a one-man Maybe they're not a one-man band, but let's just say if Embiid went out, they have no chance of winning anything. That's true, but they're not a one-man band. Tyrese Maxey and uh, James Harden and... A, How do you think those guys there, would so. be? How do you think those guys would be without him? He carries that team. Oh, they, they would be able to go anywhere without him. No, but Maxi was a good pick for the Sixers. They, they, yeah, that was one of their good draft picks. No, I, so I, I, no absolutely. They, they've had some good ones. I'm just saying, you know, fall, I agree with you. 100%. Falls over Tatum is just, I mean, it's a head scratcher all the way. You know, he played on a bad team. You know, it's not like he was a high school star that came onto you know Washington and was like that. It's like none of the th- none of the pieces of the puzzle added up to him being the number one overall guy that he was going to be this gigantic success in the NBA. There's nothing there. Like it's like there are got other guys that you know. It's kind of it makes sense that maybe they were a late bloomer or maybe something you know whatever. But it's like this guy the the pieces don't even add up. You could justify the Darko pick. Easier than you can justify this one. I think overall the scouts had Fultz rated number one in that draft, if I remember correctly. It wasn't just the Sixers. I think it was one. Of, I think it, I think it was one of those drafts where they took Fultz and everybody else was really happy about it because nobody else wanted to take a shot on that guy. And you know when they went to trade him, it wasn't like. You know, people were jumping out of the woodwork saying, no, we'll, no throw, a few, for we'll throw a few number ones at you for him. He's the number one overall. You know, it's not even like the guys with the 28th pick. You know, we're saying, hey, we'll give you a number one for him. No way. Anyways. Got another game here. Got the uh, <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans. Grizzlies, oh, man, what a great season. These guys reinvented themselves. They did. They reinvented themselves. Has there ever been a situation where a guy got injured and the team got so much better, and then all of a sudden the guy comes back and now they're even better than this? 
Jovan, what do you think? John Morant went out early in the season. These guys started playing defense. Now he comes back. They play defense again, and it's like, wow. It's just a totally different team than, you know, the sieve that we've been watching. Yeah, I think that when that happened, you know, they were already on a good little run. But when John Morant went out, it was basically like, sink or swim, fellas, let's go. You going to do it or not? You know, they have, they have a, you know, a few guys that have been together for a few years, and it just clicked, you know? And, you know, the thing I like about someone like John Morant is that, you know, when he was injured, he was, in, he was on the bench encouraging the guys. You don't see that a lot on a consistent basis with these, with these stars or superstars. You know, you'll see them on the bench sometimes, and then, you know, other times you won't see them at all, you know, so-called getting rehab. You know, so I just think that they're a tight knit team. They've grown together, and this is their time. Whether they make whether they make the finals or not, I don't know because the Western Conference is going to be a hell of a dogfight. You know, with these with some of these series, just like the East. But I like the I like the um the progression that they made this season, sort of like the Celtics of the West. Brian, any thoughts here? Uh, on this game here, I'm going to go here with the Pelicans plus the points, 13-4 uh, to four on the road, last 17-4-1. Uh, I mean, they're 7-2 and two last nine against these Grizzlies. I think both teams really don't have anything to play for, but I think it's a close game. And if you're going to give me five and a half, six, I'll take it with the Pelicans, but just the lean. Ron Romanelli? Yeah, this is a tough one, but I'm actually going to lean towards the Grizzlies in this one. Um, you know, not much to play for for either team at all, but uh, the Grizzlies haven't really looked like that. I mean, they haven't really had much to play for <clears throat> in their past few games. They didn't play very well at Denver, but against the Utah Jazz, I mean, there was really no reason for them to compete in that game, and they forced overtime. They were down by a pretty good margin uh, late in that game. They forced overtime on, on a buzzer beater. So I, I do think that there is a still a level of competitiveness with this Grizzlies team, and uh, they, they don't want to limp into the playoffs either. So I think they break that losing streak, and I think they win this game at home by uh, about eight points or more. So I'll lay the points with Memphis. Joe, Grizzlies, five covers in a row at home. Um, nine, They've been playing n- phenomenal. Nine first half wins in a row. Nine first quarter wins in a row at home. Um, nine straight outright wins at home. Only laying six here against the Pelicans. Yeah, and it seems like we should jump on on Memphis for sure. But correct me if I'm wrong. If the Pelicans win here, don't they get home court advantage? Yeah, in the playing game, correct. Yeah. So I think that means a lot to them, and I think the Pelicans come in nice and hard in this one. So I could see them pulling off um, an upset in this one. I really could. You could want things all you want, you know. But it doesn't mean you. It doesn't mean if you try as hard as you can, you're going to get them. And I don't think the Pelicans are in the same league as the Grizzlies. They're not even close. They're going to get blown out of the building by double digits here. It's going to be over before it starts. Double? Oh yeah, it's going to be a crushing. Um, first half, first quarter, game, everything. Grizzlies. This is one of those ones. It's like the the betting tools have spoken. <laughs> it's like this is uh these I are the ones into the them out of the water in this one what's that joe sorry i didn't hear you've kind of faded out there i think she's frozen 
think she might have froze a little I bit. I think she said the Grizzlies all day twice on she, Saturday. No, she said she agrees <laughs> with me. I think she said, I think she said lay the extended line there. Pretty sure she said lay the extended line. No, I, I said, okay. I said, I'm sounded like you said a dozen. Here. I know sounded, they want to I, win this game. <laughs> I didn't, but I, I'm looking at how hard do they actually want to come out and play in this? Like, I don't think guys athletes, at this level, they want to win. I think the Grizzlies have a yeah. system. And I think now they have a system okay. before they were guys that play in basketball, kind of like the Kings, you know, now they have a system They have, and the guys have bought into this system, Right. Here you have a coach that's a home run. I mean, this is one of the greatest coaching jobs in history. You had a team that couldn't get past 500 a year ago. Every time they're at 500, they got a game over, they drop. Every time they're below, they get to their 500 team all the way. This year, it's like they're at 500, their star player goes out, and all of a sudden, they're 10 over. It's like they have a a system, and the system works, and it's kind of like, you know, I'm not going to compare this guy to Phil Jackson or something or, you know, but let's just say, you know, there's been other cases in the NBA where coaches develop a system that works, no matter who's it. You know, how did the San Antonio Larry, Spurs? Larry Brown. Yeah. How did the San Antonio Spurs make the playoffs this year and the Lakers are sitting on the bench? How does that even happen? You know, because you have a coach that has a system with, I mean, you can't name 10, you know, eight Spurs guys, you know, unless you're just a diehard NBA, like Al McMorty yeah. can. But I mean, you know, they've even their guys that they have that are good have missed a lot of games this season. I don't know. I, I think I I think the Pelicans are. Um, I don't know. I think they're Zion Williamson short from being a good team. It's they're just too inconsistent for me. Any thoughts on the total, you guys? I'd be leaning under the 229 and a half drop from 231. I think we have a lower scoring one in this. Might look at the first half under actually more. Just try to find that. I have no play on the total. Not, I don't do a ton totals. Yeah. The total in the first half is got a first half spread of three and a half. I take the Grizz in the first half over three and a half. I like that. I just can't get on the full game. I just can't get there. I hear uh, exactly what you're saying. I can't get there. I'll get there for you. Don't worry about it. I'll, cut, I'll bet you. enough for both That's of us. Right. <laughs> don't worry about Joe, it. Joe, you stay with us. Them. Stay with me here. Don't, don't. Yeah, I'll get your places. Don't go, uh, don't go to the <laughs> Brian won't even, ma- the guy that won't even marry you for the green card. There you go. <laughs> we can ride the Pelicans together, Bob. Can't right. get me a green card. Um... Why can't I find the second half or the first half total? I don't know. I'd be looking at the under in the first half. We got the first this is my half. this is my video pick. I also took the 113 under. and a half. Yeah, I like the under in the first. I also took the under in this one. This is my um my my video pick. I actually forgot about it. Forgot that it was my video pick, but um <laughs> something resonated that with what Joe said, and I was like, oh, I took the under. But um yeah, I mean. 
these two teams can score a lot of points, but I think that, and I think my thought was, you know, with the Pelicans wanting that home court, you know, that they'll, they'll bring some sort of defense to the table. And, you know, with, with, with Memphis, it'd go either way with them, you know, so yeah, I think that this is just a little bit, the, the way the total breaks down, you said it went under maybe a couple points to 229. Yeah, I think it still stays under the total, but I like the better at 231. Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with okay. the Grizzlies here. And uh, this team has not let down. There's nothing on the resume here that says, ah, you know what, we're just not going to try too hard today. There's just nothing here on the resume that says that. There's, there's nothing at all. They've lost their last two games. Both of those were on the road. One was at Utah. One was at Denver. Okay, two playoff teams. Real playoff teams, not play-in teams. Real playoff teams. Um, I, don't see, I don't see them laying down here. The one at Utah, it was a push. They, I, I lost that game, actually. It, 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 the thing I'm looking at says six, but I only got five and a half. I lost that game. But uh, at home, they've been straight money. You know, straight money. They even beat the Pacers. <laughs> Covered. <laughs> Anyways, we'll agree. To, we'll agree on that one that we all got the Grizz. Anyways, yep. take. Uh, <laughs> we got this. <laughs> we got the Spurs versus the Warriors. Speaking of the Spurs, here they are, getting hot at the end of the season. It's, it seems it's every year it's this way for them. Joe, what do you think of this, Jim? Yeah, at the end of the day, this is probably one of my least favorite on the card. I think Golden State probably comes out and gets the cover here. It's down to five and a half right now. It was six earlier before we started the show. I just think they're really fighting for that third seed spot. Right now it's um, sitting the Suns, Grizz, Warriors, and then Mavericks. And I think they want to stay in that third seed, and they're going to do everything it takes to get it today against the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs, though, have won two of the last three matchups. It's going to be a hard game. I think I'd look at the under. I'm looking at this total. It looks a little high for me. I think we're going to see more defense in this game. Um, both these teams are trending nicely to that under as well. And in the last six meetings, we've seen four of those go under and one of them pushing and one hitting that over. So I'm going to lean on the under as my favorite uh, free bet for this one. Romanelli. Yeah, that's what I'm going to take the under. Um, you look at Golden State. One of the reasons why they went in from a playing team last year to you know top three seed in the Western Conference is because of the defense that they play. Only 105.6 points allowed per game. That's number one in the Western. That's actually number two in the Western Conference. Excuse me. Um, but Spurs, we know well coached team and Greg Popovich. He's always going to play uh, fundamental defense as well. And I think this game's going to be a first of 110 wins. Um, I see the totals dropping a little bit too. So. I'd get that under and quickly if you're going to take it. I also think that they've been healthier this year than they have been in the oh, last yeah. couple of years too. And I think you know, getting Clay Thompson back probably didn't hurt either. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, he hasn't been his best, but it doesn't hurt to have him in the lineup, but they, they've also dealt with a lot of injuries this year with wise men and such, but um, you know, Curry's had a, but he's not really year. on the team. <laughs> and I know. <laughs> I think the, the guys like that him. haven't played in over a season are, are really not even on the team. 
right? It's like, I mean, does he even count? He's on the payroll. Do they go to team dinners? I don't. I. 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 I don't think Zion does. <laughs> no, probably not. We're down on Zion, big time. <laughs> We're not Zion fans. I'm a Zion fan. What's his basketball card going for these days? Not. Not as much. Not even close to as much as it was. Um, <laughs> I really don't know off the top of my head, but it's went, the whole market went way down, not just Zion, but the whole sports card market. Collapsing or it's just, it peaked out and then it's collapsing. Cause I know that it was, it yeah. was really running. Yeah, it, it was, you know, a lot of people got into it and there was just a, too many people in for it, for the prices to hold up where they were. But I think, you know, vintage cards are still holding the same price, but the modern cards are just falling out a little bit. All right. Any anyone collect cards here, Brian? You collect cards, don't you? More so recently, but I like the vintage cards, like Romanelli, Romanelli was talking about. So vintage cards. Yeah, seventies, sixties, fifties. Oh yeah, I got some vintage. Cards. I don't. I don't have two Luke Gehrig's oh, and two yeah. Babe Ruth cards sitting around, but, but or <laughs> Mantles. But, but do you have one? Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> but do you have one of these? <laughs> this is <laughs> this is pretty much. The vintage of it. Fonds, yeah. Fonds. Hit that thumbs up, like Fonzie says. <laughs> I like the Fonz. The only uh, little dolls like that I have are the two Beverly Hills guys in a box somewhere. Beverly Hills guys. Yeah, I remember that 90210 show. Luke Perry. Yeah, Luke Perry and Matt Damon. Nice. No, not Matt Damon. Who was the other guy? It was Brandon and Luke Perry. From the who, show. who was the other guy? The other guy I was, don't know who uh, the other guy was the other guy ended up like getting into a bad car accident, right? He started he yeah. became a race car driver and he got into a really bad accident. I don't remember. I can't remember what his name was. But I have those around somewhere. I'm glad you have Fonzie out of the box, so he doesn't need to be in a box. No, he doesn't need to be in a box. Dylan. Dylan. Brandon and Dylan. Yeah, but but what's his real name? Jason Perry. Jason Perry. No, it's Luke Perry and Jason something. Luke Perry. Jason P. It says Jason P here. I thought Perry. No. Tell us the last name, you guys. Jason Jason Priestley. Priestley, that's it. That's it. Is that it? Is that right? Yeah, it is. Totally (laughs) is. I All suck right. at trivia. Wow. <laughs> All right. Star power. Yeah, so I'm I'm on the Spurs in this one. There's no DeJounte Murray in this one, but you know, a lot of the guys are interchangeable. He's a standout on the team, but just the way they play their system, they're at home, you know, getting points, you know, both the um spread and the and the totals going down. You know, I I I would say the Spurs in this one. I think they you know, you they don't. The one thing about the Spurs is that they don't quit. You know, I'm not saying that they you know play you play good defense because they don't, but they always find themselves to be you know in in tight games. Eight and one against the spread in the last nine. Yeah, I gotta go with I gotta go with that. I run with the Spurs. Against the spread. Sorry. 
I'm with you on the Spurs. This one. I just, uh, I like well coached teams that kind of at the end when teams are, you know, don't have a ton to play for and, and all that other stuff. I just believe in the system kind of like the Grizzlies. Anyways, um, I'm just glad we're all in agreement on the Grizzlies. So that's the nice yeah. part about it. Consensus. Yes. Five five Grizzlies tickets. In your fantasy. Brian and I on the outside. Five Grizzlies <laughs> tickets. Speaking of Grizzlies tickets, we got the Kings are playing. Oh, man, do I hate these guys. Has there ever been a worse organization than the Kings? I mean, these guys are the, it's like, they make the Baltimore Orioles of the last 20 years look like, you know. At least the Orioles have some excuses. The Kings have no excuses. They haven't been good since Chris Webber left. I mean, really. Then they're up against a Clippers team that has every excuse in the world to have a lousy season this year. And here they are at 500. They've had every excuse in the world. Yeah, I'm not seeing any defense in this one. I'm just going to take this one over and call it a day. So I think this total is low, low for these two teams with the lack of defense they're playing. Not going to take a side in this. Clippers have let me down way too many times to take them here. There's been so many games they've let go. I can't lay the points with them, but there's no way my money's going on the Kings. Joe's a Clipper hater. Not a Clipper hater. Sounds like not it. a big fan. Sounds like you've got some Clipper <laughs> issues. Oh, they just—they've done me dirty in games that they should have like won and covered, and they've lost straight out. So I can't put money on them today. Joe's looking for a better world—a world with no Clippers. <laughs> You're putting lots of words in my mouth this morning. <laughs> wow, I've heard that before. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> haven't heard that one in a while. Romanelli, Clippers. I'm going to take the Grizzlies here. No. Um, I'm going to take the Clippers here, yeah. I, I, it's not a game I would even think about watching or betting. Um, but if I had to choose, I, I think the Clippers line of points is an okay investment you can make. Uh, they've won their last four, four of their last five games, and that includes some big-time Wins over the Bucks, the Suns, the Jazz, three playoff teams, a play and win over the Pelicans by 19. And then they forced overtime on the road at the Chicago Bulls. So um, they play well at home. The Kings struggle no matter where they play. And I think uh, the Clippers win this one by double digits. Jovan, Kings fan? Absolutely not. I was, <laughs> I was looking at the Clippers um, in this one and was contemplating pulling the trigger on them, but. The, I think the spread's too high, and I started looking at the trends, you know, which actually sides the, the Kings. <laughs> you know, it might be a degenerate bet, you know, on the Clippers just, you know, just to have, you know, just to have sign on it, but, mm, you know, so. I'll, I'll lean, a slight lean to, to the Clippers. Brian? Yeah, for me, I'm just going to lean here towards the under. I don't think we're going to see much of an effort here from Sacramento as far as at least on offense. I think they're going to struggle to get. I, I know all the trends on Sacramento side leads to an over here, but I think uh, the unders 14-5-1 and the Clippers last 20 games versus a team with a 400 win percentage or uh, worse. I just I think scoring is going to be tough to come by. I'm going to go with the under here and lean. 
definitely a game I'm staying away from, though. Taking the Clippers on principle alone. Can't stand the Kings. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather lose money on the Clippers than bet on the Kings. Hate them. I just don't understand professional athletes that don't try. It bugs me. All right. Well, Ron, what are you selling today at Pick Dogs? And today I got a three-pack in the MLB. It's our first Saturday in baseball, so hoping to hit it hard. Been a pretty slow start to the season, only one pick per day, but now we're going with a three-pack, so looking to cash these tickets with you guys today. Ryan? Pretty solid two-week stretch for me, although yesterday was a losing day. I'm going to get back on track. Super sharp three-pack, two Major League Baseball plays, one NBA for $50. PickDogs.com, premium picks. Check it out. Jovan? Yeah, I got a three-pack in Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's been a slow start for me in baseball, but, you know, it's baseball, so, you know, what can you do? You know, you could be winning the game, you know, for eight innings, and then in the ninth inning, it all collapses based on managerial um, um, uh, decisions and, you know, what have you, putting in the wrong closer. Or, I mean, like the wrong closer, but the wrong reliever, and then, you know, it all goes to hell. But, um, yeah, so I have that. I also have um, a couple NBA plays and an extra MLB play for longer-term subscribers. Uh, so, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think, you know, for baseball, you know, what you just said, it's kind of like I don't put in the first five-inning play enough. I think that's really my, the part of my problem. It's like I think if I bet just f- first five innings, I hit, you know, 75%. And it's like it's these late-inning things. Like I had, you know. I look at all the games that I bet personally yesterday. And it's like first five innings, I think I was 100%. Everything else, though, um, you know, the wheels come off the cart. I think anyway, we need a Mitch's first five innings guy. Maybe we, maybe we need to do a, a first five. Or, I love you know, those first five. There's a lot of value there. I do, the, I do what's called the quick pick on TikTok, where I just do the first half or first quarter oh, or, or something like that. But it's like um, maybe I should do – we should do more – I should do more of those type of bets. I don't know. I, I don't I don't personally bet a lot of those. So um but now the way today's baseball is probably is the way to go. Sixty five. I'm finding on a lot count. of sports. I'm loving, you know, the first half, the first period, everything like that. I'm finding lots of value there. What do you have today, Joe? Pick dogs. Um, I have three in the NHL, one in NBA and one in MLB. So I've got it up as a five-pack right now. I'll be adjusting those out as separately after this. Well, I put out a coupon today. And uh, if you get our newsletter, you got it. If you don't get our newsletter, then you didn't get it. But it is April Win A-P-R-I-L, all small, W-I-N, all one word. 15% off everything today and tomorrow at Pick Dogs. We never run coupons. So um, just running it as a test to see what the hell happens. So if you guys are interested in getting a discount... Um, we're not like a discount every day type site. We don't run discounts at all. And people are probably shocked that we actually did that. But I just figured, what the hell? Why not? Threw it out there. Beginning of baseball season, kind of NBA playoffs heading in. You know, give it a shot this weekend, see what happens. I don't generally believe in it, but uh, I did it today. 
because I don't know, maybe I was half asleep when I wrote the newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I hope everyone takes advantage of that. So it's what do you got for sale today, so Mitch? April Win. A-P-R-I-L-W-I-N. If you want to put that on the screen, Joe, 15% off using that code. That'd be great. Anyways, um, I have just the MLB three-pack. That's it. I might add some plays. It's the problem. Win or wins? S at no, the end or no? No S. Just April win, all small, 15% off. The thing is, is that, um, you know, with the time change, I'm super struggling you know, because it's like I'm getting up now at three o'clock in the morning and I don't have time to do anything, you know, before the, you know, it was four o'clock in the morning. And like, if I got up at three 30, it gave me a little bit of room, but I can't get up at two o'clock or two 30. It's too early. Yeah. Way too early. Maybe put an enter apply code, apply code April. Can we yeah. add that to the front? That'd be great. So people, because people get confused. Do you think if you lived on the East Coast that you're, uh, it would be all messed up for you as far as your time frames go? I don't know, but I know that I know that this is a problem. I think the I think that the uh, Pacific time zone is perfect for sports. The East is the, the East is not good. Pacific is the best. The East. It's the opposite problem. The games go all night. You know, they end at two in the morning. Yeah. You know, that's the problem there. Yeah, I guess the East, you could sleep in a little bit later, but you're going to have to press your work into a shorter day. Right. But the Pacific, you have to wake up a little earlier, but not too early. Um, and the games are done before. Yeah. You know, four o'clock start time for most of the games. Yep. Most and then the, the Pacific game started at seven, so you're done seven, by ten, yeah. you know, Pacific. Yeah. yeah, I can't watch many Pacific games where I'm you know, they're they're ending at one thirty, two two in the morning in baseball. It's just like crazy. All right. Someone says they want okay, to see how Ron does this. Oh down in the scrolling for everyone there. Awesome. So that's there you guys. Okay. That brings us to baseball. So got tons of games in baseball today, you guys. Yep. Got uh, early action. The Rays and the Orioles. It was a pretty exciting little game they had yesterday. <laughs> the Tigers and the White Sox. Another exciting game yesterday. Um, the... Twins and the Mariners and Cardinals and Pirates. Any of those four for anyone? For uh, who wants to go first? Brian? Yeah, I'll go first. I'll, I'll take a chance here. Uh, I like the under in the White Sox-Tigers game. I think uh, we're going to see uh, Dylan Cease have a real real solid season for the White Sox. I think he's uh, terrible. Going to have a great year. He's awful. I like Dylan Cease. I think he's going to have a breakout year. And, and Casey Mize of the Tigers, I think he's going to have a, a strong season as well. I think both these pitchers today are going to pitch well. I think it goes under the eight and a half, White Sox and Tigers. That's one I really like early. Tigers alternate run and, line. 
Easy, oh, well, easy and the money. Seattle Mariners with Logan Gilbert on the mound. I think he's another young pitcher. You got to keep an eye on Sonny Gray goes for the Minnesota twins. I just, he's looked solid in the uh, preseason Sonny Gray, but I think in this one, I think the Mariners lineup gets it done late. So I'll take Seattle on the money line. Jovan, any of these four? Yeah. Um, I rode KC Myers to the ground from May on last year and he, he won me some money, you know, so I can't, I can't go against them. You know, the, the plus money has went down. It was, you know, in the one thirties and I was like about a buck 15, but you're still against like plus money. On Cause that. He, he wasn't confirmed as the starter. So that's, that's oh, he wasn't what, confirmed. Okay. So that's why it dropped when he was confirmed. Right. It dropped, but that's, you know, right. It's still plus money on Casey mines in this yeah, game, yeah, which is yeah. a gift. Exactly. That's what I, that's what I think, you know, but, um, yeah, so I, I like I liked um the Tigers in that one, and um I actually like the Mariners. I just you know I find myself fading Sonny Gray the last few years more times than not when I'm looking at his games. You know um you know just it was a disaster basically when he was with the Yankees. So you know and then I like I like um Logan uh, Gilbert stuff so. I'm on the Mariners in that one. Romanelli? Yeah, these are. I think these early games are the tougher ones for me. These are the type of games I'm going to be watching more than betting just to try to get a read on some of these pitchers. I mean, I think you got a lot of guys like Logan Gilbert, Casey Mize, even Dylan Cease that could really – it's to me – the ceiling and the floor are really just up for grabs. I don't know what we're going to see from these pitchers this year. Gilbert was not great last year, but we know he's got good stuff. So can he do it this year? You know, is the second year the one for him? Dylan Cease, we know he's got good stuff, but again, you know, he just hasn't been able to put it to fruition, but he has beaten the Tigers pretty badly in his career. That's like the one team he dominates. So for me, I'm going to tread lightly in this afternoon game. I definitely want to watch him. Um, but I'll lean towards the uh, Cardinals on the run line. You know, they blew up the Pirates in the first game, 9 nothing. Mitch Keller just hasn't been a viable option as a starting pitcher in the league so far in his career. He just hasn't gotten it done. And until he shows me something different, I just got to fade him here. So I think the run line's not too bad of a price. So I'll lay the run line with the uh, Cardinals. Joe? Um, I'm looking at the Orioles-Rays game, and I'm going to take um, a Tampa in that first five. In the first half, we can get them at minus 138. Definitely um, better juice on that run line at minus uh, 0.5 there. I think they come out nice and strong, but I do think this one stays under in that first five, too. We've got a total of four and a half runs in that first five, and the under is at minus 110, and I think it's... Uh, not similar to yesterday's. I think we could go over at the end of the game, but I think the first five stays tight. Looks too good to be true. I, I love that. If that's the odds, I'm, trying, I'm seeing what if yeah, I get this. Yeah, that's the same. odds up at FanDuel. I'm showing raise minus a half, minus 140. So, yeah, I'm in the same range as you. I yep. love it. Love that play. Um, I'm going with Casey Mize here. I'm laying the alternate run line against my White Sox. I'm not a Dylan Cease fan. I think this guy is the most overrated guy out there. 
I think that he has the potential and he has the stuff to be a number one pitcher. But I think the issue is here is that he doesn't have enough pitches in his arsenal to uh, to get it done. So he's a once or twice. He's his second after his second time through the lineup. He's batting practice. He has a tailing fastball is his pitch. And the thing is, is when the fastball doesn't tail, it it catches way too much of the plate, and he throws so hard that well. Major League Baseball hitters hit really swing really hard too. So you got a hard straight ball hitting a Major League Baseball player's bat. Not a good combination. Casey Mize, you know, the former number one overall for the Tigers. They've got a few of these guys, right? <laughs> number one. It's like when you're, it's 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 kind of they're the Sixers, right? <laughs> they have a bunch of number one overalls. They, um, you know, Mize. We've seen him develop over the last two seasons he's kind of come up um you know he's less wild than two years ago he's wild it's just wild you know he's kind of luke larouche right i mean he was all over the place last year we saw him really come together and put it together but once again young pitcher now going over the course of a long season but here we are now back at the beginning of the season so i'm gonna expect he's gonna be super strong today we're gonna see him take it to another level this year I think he's a uh, outside Cy Young Award candidate here for Casey Mize. I think he's that good. He's way better than Garrett Cole, who's also a former number one overall. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. But way that. better. Garrett no, Cole is the most no. overrated sack of crap out there. He is terrible. I can agree with overrated, but you can't say Casey Mize is better than Garrett Cole. I would, at, this point, at this point, I would, I would rather have him than Garrett Cole and his $36 million. Well, salary anchor, yeah. yeah, salary. But I, I still don't even know. I, I just Casey Mize has not proven really much. Yeah, yet. but what I mean, Garrett Cole has proven that is that he can't win the big game. Yeah, I agree. I, it's I like when you pay a guy thirty six million. When you pay a guy thirty six million and you wheel him out for a must win game, and he gets smacked. Yeah, he deserves that. He he should give the money back at that point. <laughs> Oh God! I forgot to even mention today, and we'll we'll, we'll we're going to segue here for a second away from these games. But um, Dabo Swinney, of all people, now complaining about the system. Okay, I I've been I've been complaining about the system for a while, right? And I said the image license is going to be a big problem here, right? And the transfer portal is a big problem, right? These are things that that have that should be good things, but these are. Big problems for college sports right now because they're not they're they're not done in an equitable way. They're not done in a way that it's like the transfer portal. There's no limitations, and with the image licensing, there's no limitations on it either. So Texas A and M saying, "Okay, we got twenty million to give our recruits for image licensing." Is kind of it's basically paying guys to come to your school, and there's no rule against it because the rules are all outdated. I fully agree with all those things, but Dabo Swinney is part of the problem. You know, and he's now complaining because he didn't win. You know, it's like you didn't win. So your guys all left and then you guys were behind on the image licensing and didn't stockpile the cash because we know we know what's going to happen at Clemson. Right. I mean, they're going to stockpile a ton of cash. They have the biggest following of like the biggest college football forum on the Internet is Clemson. And it always has been not just because of the recent success, even way back. It always was the biggest. And. Dabo Swinney complaining that the, that the system is inequitable. Yeah, because you don't have Etienne and Trevor Lawrence anymore. It's not equitable. Is that is that what's going on here? 
When you had Trevor Lawrence and Etienne, we didn't hear a peep out of you about having all these kids that you promised all this stuff to that are hitting the transfer portal left and right because they can't because you promised them playing time that you're not giving them. How about that? How about that? You know, how about how about if you promise these kids' parents that they're going to have playing time and you don't give it to them? How about you come mow their lawn for a freaking year or something? You know, how about that? You know, it's like, how about some accountability on your part? You're part of the problem, Dabo Swinney. You're not part of the solution. You just don't like it now that you're not winning. And it's like, I'm hopefully I'm not the only one calling this guy out. I mean, this guy's jerk face. I mean, yeah, we know there's a problem. But don't just sit there and say there's a problem because now what it sounds like to me is there's a problem because you're not winning. And because this image licensing thing, it's going to benefit some teams in your conference more than it's going to benefit you. Way more. Way more. There's some big boosters out there that own some big companies that can use some images. This is the problem, right? I mean, this is a huge problem that the NCA, by not limiting these things, by not having like some sort of, you know, overwatch, they just kind of said, okay, right? It's okay to do this. But they didn't say like, okay, it's, you know, it's a max of, you know, $5,000 a month per player or something, right? Which is a ridiculous amount for a college student anyway to have. I don't know. What do you think? If he had Trevor Lawrence, do you think he'd be complaining? Trevor Lawrence, like, say Trevor Lawrence has got like a two, three million dollar licensing deal with him. A Clemson, you think he's complaining? How about some of those receivers he's had? Mike Williams or something. Think he would have been complaining? Etienne, think he'd be complaining? One bit. How about those defensive linemen that he had that year that would beat at Bama? Like they all went number one, right? They're all first round picks. I've seen one of them. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just that that much out of tune, out of touch. Maybe my TikTok tunes came up by <laughs> default, which they did. They did. They did. They did. They did. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, these five stars would would just would rather die than not go to Texas A and M. Yeah, for the money, it's like because most of these five stars bust out. How many of these five stars bust out? Tons of them. Look at the Florida's quarterback this past year. Oof. How many stars was he? Twenty. <laughs> Terrible. Which one? The MJ? one that got the the ones that got your coach fired. Which <laughs> ones has struggled, but Anthony Richardson's got a bright future. Yeah, sure he does. He does. Sure he does. He does. Yeah, sure he does. Emory Jones, they had to move on from him, but never, I mean, AR fifteen, he's got some talent. We'll see what happens with the new coaching staff. It's probably going to be another down year, but but it's um, like you know, so. Like the greatest Gator of all time, Wilbur Marshall, right? Best football player they ever had. What would you know? What would he be raking down in image license? You know, <laughs> in Florida. You know, Florida's got a huge booster base too. I'm surprised oh, yeah. they're a little behind the curve here, right? Yeah. You know, 
they'll, they're going to be throw. I mean, after this year, now that they, now that the, now that the, it's, it's this, now that it's been cracked open, you're going to see crazy amounts of money flying at these players. Crazy amounts. Twenty million that Texas A&M had is going to be nothing compared to what some of these other places have. I mean, Miami has some big boosters too. Marcus Lemonis said he's going to build them a stadium. It's like <laughs> this guy's got some money. You know, he is the prophet. Big booster, Alex Alex Rodriguez, big Miami booster, mm-hmm. big Miami booster. Built the baseball stadium, got us on probation. Way to go. I can't stand A-Rod. A-Rod learned how, A-Rod used to shag balls at batting practice for Miami as a kid. Miami baseball. He signed with Miami to play, but he never played with them. Mm-hmm. Anyways, speaking of baseball, you can get back to the games. Dabo Swinney, I don't know, man. I think if you would have complained last year before the season, I think then we would care a little more. I think that Jimbo, I, I don't know, man. Jimbo Fisher has a national championship at Florida State. I don't think those were his players, right, that he won with. I always have a problem with the guys that win with somebody else's players. I also think Sonny Gray gets it done here. I don't care what Javon says. I think Sonny Gray comes out here. We saw in Cincinnati a different Sonny Gray than we saw with the Yankees. And last year, we didn't see the real Sonny Gray. He was, he was kind of banged up last year and tried to fight it through it. And I think when we've seen Sonny Gray healthy, he's three-run guy. Right, so it's like he's going to give up three runs max. So it's just the Twins have to score some runs. They only scored one yesterday. That was the problem. They had opportunities. They just didn't get it done. They gave up the one home run in the first inning, and they never gave up another run the rest of the way. And the thing is, is that the the Mariners are the kings of the one run game. Yep. I mean, they are the one run game guys, right? These are the one runners. So. Wow, Dwayne Haskins died. That's sad. Oh, wow, really? really? Yeah, that's sad. Unless someone wow. screwing with us, which I hope they would not screw with us. It's Rodney, who generally is a regular viewer here. But Wow, thoughts go out to this family. He's young. Yeah. Super young. Hmm. Terrible. Wow. But the circumstances of that. Car accident. Sheesh. Oh, hit by car. Oh, man. That's awful. Wow. Davos, when the college football needs a complete blow up. Yeah, right. All right, let's get back to these baseball games. I like the twins here with... with uh, Sonny Gray. I think that this series is so such an even series between the Twins and, and the Mariners. I think it's going to, you know, I, no one's going to sweep this series. Logan Gilbert, he, he is what he is. Mitch Keller sucks. <laughs> but Miles Miklos is totally overrated too. He's a Tony T guy. Tony T loves Miles Miklos. Not does he? Loves him. <laughs> loves That's him. Funny. Loves him. Like, Mitch look. Keller's not that bad. Okay. Mitch Keller is horrible. He's got, he's got the Mitch name. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. I know the no, line is dropping, Brian, but we too can't many argue people that Mitch make Keller's good. Cardinals here today. 
I, I can understand that. I, I see that point of view, but you can't just say all of a sudden Mitch Keller's good just because the line's dropping. No, Mikolas is way his sure. price on this. No, that game's way too. Sure, high. I know. I wouldn't lay minus two twenty, but the line's gone down, so the run line's a little bit feasible, a little bit more feasible. Dwayne Haskins was twenty four. That's crazy. It's heartbreaking. Got the Brewers and the Cubs rained out yesterday. Good thing I caught Brian on that premium show on that pick. Yeah, so. I filled it in with the Oakland A's, and that just didn't – they all with the one run and a half. And. Then we got uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, who they got the call of the day yesterday in the, on the replay. Guy was – he was clearly out by a mile. And um, – Dane Dunning, who was a fast starter last year for Texas, up against Kevin Galsman. And last time we saw him in the American League, well, not so pretty. Got Kyle Gibson for the Phillies. And the last time we saw him face the A's for the Texas Rangers, not so pretty. And uh, Cole Irvin, last time we saw him in Philadelphia as a member of the Phillies bullpen. <laughs> no bueno. <laughs> this is, we got some really... Uh, I like the over in that one. And Carlos Radon, who how did the White Sox let this guy get away, goes to San Francisco. I mean, he threw a no-hitter last year. He averages about giving him about two or three hits a game. Up against Pablo, my man, Pablo Lopez for the Marlins. You know, Brian's a big Pablo guy. Brian, what do you think of these four? I am a big Pablo guy, and I'm a big Marlins guy in general. They 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 tempt me a lot during the season. I think in this Brewers Cubs, I'm going to stick to what I would have done yesterday. I'm going to take the under. Uh, I also like the Brewers. It's a high juice line, but I think they have they're going to get it done today against the Cubs and Steel. And then I'll take the over. Probably a pretty public play. Rangers Blue Jays. I just see another shootout here with these two pitchers on the mound. Uh, I think the Rangers have a shot, but I like the over better in that one. Yeah, I agree with you here on both these plays, Brian, but I'm going to look at um, the Texas and Toronto game over in that first five. I like it over in the first five. We get it at over five and a half. We saw yesterday them just blow out the total, and I think a little concerned with the full game, but I like the first five over, and then I'm going to go with the Brewers as well and the under in that one. I think we have a lower scoring one. Um, Should be a good game for sure. What do you like, Ron? Yeah, in this uh, time stretch, I like the under in the Marlins Giants. Two good pitchers going at it. Um, you know, yesterday's game did go, end up over the total. I think it was six to five final, but for most of that game, it was a pitcher's duel. Few runs late by the Marlins to tie it, and then extra innings is what got it over. I think this one goes under. Rodon was a great pickup for the Giants. You know, they lost Gausman in the offseason, but they picked up Rodon. A no-hitter last year, great DRA. So I think he pitches well. And Pablo Lopez, he's been quietly a really solid option for the Marlins in their rotation. This Marlins rotation could really go up against some of the best teams in the NL this year. So I, I think both pitchers have some success early. I think the Giants find a few runs late and win this one, but I like the under overall. Yeah, I'm on the under in that game also, the Miami um, Marlins in San Francisco Giants game. I like what uh, Pablo Lopez brings to the table, you know, and, and Carlos Rodon, you know, he, he's gotten better over the years. I, I'll give him that. Last year he put together a real solid year. And, you know, 
I just I I I see it. Pitchers do. I just hope that the bullpen doesn't mess it up for either team, or both. You know, that's that's what you have to worry about in a game like that. Just like um, yesterday's game, um, and uh, I was looking at the Texas Toronto game. I like Dane Dunning. You know, the two to one all just. You know, it's one of those value plays. I you know maybe shouldn't shouldn't touch it this early in the season. Get, you know, first start of the season, but. If if Toronto, I mean, both of these teams gave up a lot of runs yesterday, you know. So I would I would take a fly on on Texas just on the strength of um, you know, the the value there. What are you liking here, Mitch? I'm gonna parlay up the A's and the Rangers. I think it's uh, pretty solid play here with these two. <clears throat> So, um, yeah, I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the, uh, I'm gonna t- I like the A's here. I just think that Kyle Gibson, um, you know, right before he was traded to, to Philly from the Rangers, he was starting to go in the wrong direction. We saw him pitch last year. But, you know, with Philly, and by the time he, he got there, he really was going in the, like I said, he was kind of the old Kyle Gibson, the one that Brian used to pick all the time in, in Minnesota. Um, I don't know. I don't trust him at all. I just think there's so much value here in Cole Irvin. And it's like, you have a team that's known for, um, you know, being like, you know, the type of team that walks out into the beautiful field and yard and, you know, someone left a rake out there and they step on it, kind of flips up and hits them in the face. I mean, this is the Phillies, right? That is their, that is who they are. Um, the, I don't see them stringing together wins against a scrappy team to start the season. I don't care. I'm, I'm taking the A's. I think that one's layup. And I think uh, the Rangers... They got screwed yesterday. I'd expect them to come out here and uh, play real hard against the Blue Jays. Dane Dunning, he was on the White Sox. He was in, he was the White Sox traded him for Lance Lynn. They had gotten Dane Dunning in the Adam Eaton trade, one of the greatest trades in the history of baseball. Um, they got the White Sox got Dane Dunning, Lucas Giolito, bunch of guys in that trade, all for Adam Eaton, who ended up back with the White Sox anyway, but free agent. Um, Dunning's got all the right stuff. Former first round pick. And, uh, we saw him last year early in the season. We kind of saw him have like, we saw what he was made of. And, um, you know, what, um, what we see from rookies, you know, in general and what we saw, especially from guys last year. So last year, we have to remember that guys were coming off of a 60 game season. Right, so they hadn't gone the whole 162 games, the marathon, and then rookies generally haven't gone through the gauntlet either, right? So they it takes. This is what makes those guys, you know, those <laughs> guys that you know. I think I'm not betting against Justin Verlander in September. You know, it's like because he he knows how to do it, right? It's like, but and that's what makes those guys those guys, you know, and that's what makes Garrett Kolek not one of those guys, right? Because he can't do that. And, you know, what, that's why I complain about him. And, it's, you know, I, I think with Cole, I understand he has some talent. 
I get it. You know, he throws the ball a million miles an hour, all these things. But the reality of it to me is it's like, you know, I like the guys that get it done. You know, the big-time players for me step it up in the big-time games, you know? Michael Jordan hits the shot, man. Larry Bird hits the shot. These guys hit the shot, man. They don't get smacked around by the Boston Red Sox out of there in two and a half innings. I mean, like this guy in the big game. I mean, he fell apart in the last month of the season. He was, you know, when they needed him most, he was at his worst. And it wasn't like, oh, the, you know, the team needed to score a couple more runs to support him or whatever. He didn't carry his end of it. It's not like he lost one nothing ball games. We can, I can go on about this all day. I, well, I do, right? <laughs> I kind of do. But, um, you know, I think with Dane Dunning, I think that this guy, what we see is, and we're going to see from Casey Mize, is now they're they kind of make the progression one more step forward. Because these, these guys are super young, right? Dunning is, what's his third season? Yeah, third season. He was with the he was with the Nationals. He didn't play, and then he's with the White Sox, and now he's with the Rangers. So the White Sox, the year he was with the White Sox, was that sixty game season. And then last year he had twenty seven starts, four point five one ERA. But most of the damage of that ERA was later in the season, and later in games. We're gonna take uh, we're gonna take take them here. Kevin Galsman in the American League. The last time we saw a pitch in the American League, he's not good. So. All right, that's all I got to say about that. Parlaying those two. All right, next. That brings us on to the next four. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Got the Yankees and the Red Sox. Thought the Red Sox had that one yesterday. The Royals and the Indians, or Guardians, said did it again. Guardians. And uh, the uh, the Mets and the Nationals, who are kind of looking like they might be the worst team this year. <laughs> Not the worst team. No, I Not think they the are worst. I think they are the worst team this year. I think they could I think they're in the running. Yeah, they could be. They could be the worst team this year. They're terrible. The Orioles are saying, "Hold my beer." Yeah, I think <laughs> that, I think they I think they're in that conversation yeah. with the Pirates and the Orioles. I think they're in that conversation. <laughs> they have this. What do we know about this pitcher today for the for the Nationals? He only pitched one game last year, right? Yeah. What did I we see? Five innings. He pitched six um, hits, two runs, two earned, nine strikeouts, and three walks. So he's. Yeah, good strikeout stuff. He's not going to go deep in this game. It's going to be a bullpen game for the Nationals, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> He's from the Dominican <laughs> Republic. Those guys are generally pretty good. Juan. How do you pronounce this name? Juan? I think it's Juan. I, I think it's Juan. Hmm. Juan Adon. But it seems too easy struggled to in spring here. training. I don't know. 
Well, what do you think of these games, Ron? Um, I think I'm going to take the Guardians uh, on the money line here. They're getting uh, plus money as of now. Brad Keller, just not a guy I want to lay a price with, uh, minus, even if it's just minus 125 at home, just really hasn't been very good in the last few seasons. And, uh, you know, he his, his strikeouts per nine have gotten up a little bit, but just gives up a lot of good contact to opposing hitters, home runs, walks as well. Zach Plesak hasn't, you know, he started his career pretty strong, but he's kind of struggled in the last, last season, 4.67 ERA, not great at all. But um, I, I think he just has more upside. So, yeah, this is a tough game, but I, I would have to take the plus money if I was forced to take one. Um, I also like the Mets on the run line in this game. Like Mitch said, the Nationals could be one of the worst teams this year, if not the worst. Um, the lineup is really, really top-heavy. You know, Juan Soto, one of the best players in the league. The bottom of the lineup, really, really weak. The bullpen, not good either. Juan Adon, and I'm, I'm not sure how long he's going to pitch in this game. He's got good strikeout stuff, but he gave him three homers and in nine innings in spring. So I think the Mets can get to him in the bullpen today. Chris Bassett, I thought was a good pickup for the Mets. Just a solid three guy. Could be a two guy if somebody gets hurt. You know, DeGrom, if he stays injured for a while. Um, I think he pitches a quality start here, and I think the Mets get a, a nice, comfortable win. This is looking like a pretty good Mets team. I know they're playing a bad team to start the season, but the lineup looked really strong. Ryan? Yeah, I'm going to take a shot with Nick Pavetta and Boston Red Sox today. I just think that I think they're the better team against the Yankees. Severino, I seen him pitch in spring training, and he did all right his last start, but the one that I saw him pitch, he had control issues. I don't. I think he barely got through one inning in that start. I, I think Boston gets to him here, revenges yesterday's loss. And I'm going to take a shot with the Washington Nationals. Just a lean. It just seems like a, a crazy price for Chris Bassett, 135. I don't see the Mets going three and zero. These are the type of games that Mets lose. I'll take the small crack with the Nationals. Jovan, yeah, I like my Red Sox to jump on Luis Savino early. You know they they've had a history of success with them. Um, Xander Bogarts he came up lame late in um yesterday, so I don't know if he's in the starting in in the starting lineup. Uh, but you know that's something to look out for. But he's just one guy. You know they have talent up and down that batting order. Um, so yeah, I'm on the Sox in that one to to, to um, avenge their multiple uh, lead losing um, effort, you know, from that bullpen. Um, also, like uh, the Guardians, you know, I almost made that slip. Um, I'm just the guy that that goes against Brad Keller. You know, he's one of those guys that I fade. So <laughs> that's that on that. And um, the Reds on the run line. Um, I think this is a one run game. I'm not, you know, Cal Wright, 180. No, absolutely not. So if it, if if Atlanta's going to win this game, I think they only win by by one run. So plus one and a half with um with the Reds. Joe. Yeah, for myself, I'm looking at that Cleveland and KC game, and I know we did see this Thursday being a lower scoring one. And I'll look at the first half with these two pitchers to go over the total. We've got four and a half in that first half, and we're getting that minus 106. I think we do see the runs in this one, especially in that first five innings there. So that's where I'm going with this one. Not a Severino guy, but struggle with the Red Sox here in this one. Um just have had no success at Yankee Stadium. And um, 
we've seen in this series between these teams long streaks, you know, traditionally super long streaks. And it's like, I don't know if I'm ready to crack the streak with Nick Pavetta. I'll tell you what, I'm fading the Nationals so the wheels come off. Uh, it's like these guys stink. These guys, if you if you can get just one run off Miguel, I know he had a good spring training, but we it's Miguel. It's like you get one run off him, and it's Soto, you know, home run. It's because they finally threw him one pitch because the Mets felt comfortable. Stupid idea, but uh, no chance. This guys, it's like. You know, the Nationals, for as gr- as good as management as they have up top, you know, is bad. it's like, why is Buck Showalter a major league manager? I mean, he lost how many games in Baltimore? I mean, did he set the record for, like, most losses by a manager over a five-year period or something? I mean, he might be the losingest manager that continues to get gigs, you know, of anyone this is like saying, you know, this is this is like, you know, a team that won two years ago. So who won the Super Bowl two years ago? The Bucks. This is like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because Arians retires. Let's make Romeo Cornell our head coach, you know, or uh, Charlie <laughs> Weiss or something, you know. Let's take one of these guys, make him our head coach. It's like, you got to be kidding me, you know. Buck Showalter. He was, te- you know, when he was an announcer, Buck Showalter, his first year, he was like, because he had, comp- he's like he had competed against these other managers. He wouldn't even go down to like the interview to interview these guys, like Dusty Baker, hmm. jerk face, stinks. He's terrible on the Yankees too, manager, horrid. He had he was like a good minor league manager like twenty five years ago. You think he's just a patsy, like, that they put in, you know, just to kind of, like, all right, we know it's going to be a rebuild because we made some questionable decisions here. You think when they held on to Strasburg there that that was probably not the right thing to do? Because, I mean, you couldn't hold on to Rendon, you know. You you can't pay that guy that kind of money. You're not the angels. (laughs) I don't know. uh, I just think, you know. I don't know. You held on to Strasburg. He doesn't play that much. But he did. As, as He's the anti-Cole, right? In the biggest stage, he threw his biggest games. I love that. I love those guys. Those are guys, right? Those are the guys why we love sports. On the biggest stage, you know, they, this is when they have their very best games. Bill Sims, right? Hate him. But... Can never take that away from him. Twenty four to twenty six. Is that what he went? Super Bowl? Twenty four to twenty six <laughs> in the Super Bowl. It's like passing. You, you, you can't take that away from him, you know? Yeah. Through and the ones that the one I mean, I think one was a drop and the other one I think he threw it away. Yikes. Twenty four to twenty six. Now we got to listen to his ass TV. <laughs> got the Braves and the Reds. Did we do this one already? It sounds like we've been here yes. before. We games in, yes. Yeah, we've got the last three games on the board. All right, Kyle Wright sucks. I'm, I'm going to say it, and I feel better about myself saying it. 
Got it off your chest? Yes, it's off. But okay. Vladdy's not my guy. Vladdy's a Brian guy. He rode, he rode, he rode <laughs> no, Vladdy no. till the wheels <laughs> fell off last year. And boy, did they Yeah, fall. I got, yeah. 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 I, I, faded, I faded him. What are you talking about? Gutierrez. Yeah. Oh, is that what happened? You faded him? It was something with Vladdy. And he you, had a horrible, pre, he had a horrible record in the minor league. So I was fading him. And he was winning, I think, at first. But then the wheels fell off of him. It happens. If I remember correctly. It happens. No, that's exactly what happened. Colorado Rockies against the Dodgers got out to an early lead yesterday. Couldn't hold on. Got the Arizona Diamondbacks against the Padres. Padres came back with a shutout of the D-backs yesterday. Really, to the D-backs' credit, they held the Padres to three runs with Merrill Kelly pitching. I mean, how Merrill bad? Kelly's not that bad. The Padres are. Padres have some bad juju going on over there. And then the one that we're all waiting for, this is the, the game of the day. Angels-Astros, Noah Syndergaard, Justin Verlander, two guys coming off of big injuries, two big money guys. We got... $80 million worth of pitcher out there today. Um, the Angels, I mean, if Syndergaard recovers, the Angels have hit a home run. They, this is, they're desperate for pitching. I mean, they had Dylan Bundy on their team last year. And, you know, the Astros, you get Justin Verlander back at the top of that rotation. Oof. They're going to be very, very, very good. Notice how Carlos Correa burned us with Minnesota yesterday, hitting into that double play. You bum. It's kind of like Brian's home run prop on opening night. Anthony Rendon, he missed the he missed the pole by like a quarter of an inch. Uh, and the next story the, of my life. The next pitch he hits into a double play. Mike Trout's <laughs> on first. He hits into a double play. The next pitch. It's like it's like they even have to replay it. It was so close to the pole. They had to replay it. How about the, how about, oh, I forgot to mention this. The umps making the announcement now. How about this? We saw it yesterday in, in the Toronto, Texas game. Um, this is the first year that the umpires are making the announcement like NFL referees. And we saw it. We saw it. You guys like it? I like it. These guys are actually, it's actually, they're really good at it. You know, yeah. it's a it's a really good explanation, and it makes it almost palatable. You know, <laughs> even though the call goes against it, it's a bad call to begin with. But it makes it at least like at least he's owning it. You know, yeah, at least they're owning. It. I hate the overturn of the call. <laughs> when it's against I miss me. the old argue with the umpire when the manager. Oh, they have the argue. They still, the they still, they still argue. Oh, they still argue. They should turn the mic on so you could hear them argue. On that would be good. Earl Weaver, the best argument. Best argument. Lou Pinello. I don't know. Lou Pinello's pretty good. But he he turned into a bit of a drama queen there. You know, he he knew he was on camera. It's kind of like Joe Madden, you know, takes out the blow dryer before the mound visit. You know? (laughs) Fans go crazy. Not you. Not you, Joe Madden. (laughs) No, Joe Madden for for the Angels. It's like they have someone in the clubhouse that gives him like a little haircut and and primps his makeup for his walk out to the mound to change pitchers. It's like, (laughs) like, he's just like, I mean, 
They had to limit, they, they limited mound visits because of him. Yeah. Because of him. Yeah. I had no clue. I'd never oh, yeah. heard that. Wilson Contreras and Joe Madden yeah. are, are 100% responsible for the mound visit limitation. I mean, they took it to an obnoxious level. Wilson Contreras is, I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, it was every pitch. It was like, wow. just stop. You know, <laughs> anyways, I love Justin Verlander and Noah Syndergaard. I like both these guys. I hope I hope it's a freaking no hitter going into the eighth inning both ways. I really do. Should we take him out? Should we let him go? Can you imagine if Justin Verlander has a no hitter going late or Syndergaard, like the manager trying to get either of those guys out of the game? Hmm. It's like <laughs> kick the crap out of those guys. It's like. It was like I saw once they tried to take Jake Peavy out. Like he had given up like seven runs in Chicago, and it was only like the third inning. And they walked out to the mound to like try and take him out of the game, and he wouldn't get out. He wouldn't leave. <laughs> he was like, God. <laughs> and, the, and the manager walked right back in. It was on the first mound visit, you know. And the manager did this, and he signaled, and he did this, and Peavy was like, "I'm not going anywhere." <laughs> it's like. God. I'm staying right here. And he actually battled they actually battled their way back into the game, you know, and he pitched really well. But uh I would love to see Verlander and Syndergaard really go at it tonight. I, these are these are the good pitchers. I mean, you know, here's a pitcher that's worth the money, Justin Verlander. No, Syndergaard. He's always been an up and comer. Thor. Doesn't have the hair. Got the Viking hammer. He doesn't have the hair anymore. Neither do a lot of us. Joe, what do you think of these three? Got a roll with uh, the Astros and the under in the first five in this. I think the Astros come out and get it done. I just love how they've been playing so far this season. I think this team is really going to go deep here. And um, in that first five with these pitchers, I think really do see it going under this total. I think we've got a lower scoring, um, low run game here, and I'm really excited for it. Hope the Astros pull it out. I think the under is um, the best way to go with this. Ron Romanelli. Yeah, I like the um, – I actually like the Colorado Rockies. In the first five innings, I'm going to lay a half a run with them. I, it's plus 140 to lay a half a run in the first five with Colorado. I, I really like Herman Marquez on the mound today. He pitches well at Coors Field, and um, he misses a lot of bats, and that's important when you're pitching at Coors Field, gets a lot of strikeouts. And uh, Tony Gonsolin, you know, eh, I mean, he's, he's all right. He's an above-average pitcher, but – I think the Rockies can get to them, especially at Coors. So um, for me, I think that all the value is just taking Colorado in the first five. And I worry about their bullpen later on in the game. That's why I wouldn't take them in the full game. But uh, it's not a bad idea either. I just I think uh, the Rockies definitely take the lead after five. Brian. Uh, for me in that time area, I think I'm going to go with the over in the Padres Diamondbacks. First two went under, but in this game, we got Zach Davies and Joe Musgrove. I think Musgrove got hit around a little bit in spring training. And I think uh, we see some runs put on the board. These two pitchers uh, leave a lot to be desired. So I'm going to go over nine and a half uh, Padres Diamondbacks. And then the Angels Astros, I would expect an under, and but and that's usually when I go over. 
It's just odd to see that this total is at eight and a half, nine. It just seems a little bit too high. Javon? No, I'm going to run with the Astros in this one. For me, I I almost pulled the trigger on this as a premium play. But, um, you know, you know what you're going to get with Justin Verlander. He's tried and true. He's been through injuries before and, and bounced back. You know, he's been doing this for a long time. Whereas Noah Syndergaard, we don't, we really don't know what, you know, for a long stretch of what he's going to be like, you know, as far as, you know, coming back from a major injury, going back on the mound. You know, um, you know, and the problem that I have with the Angels is that, you know, it's like they just, they just throw money at the problem, you know, instead of um, doing it to how they should, which is, you know, generating you know good players so in, in um in the in their minor league course you know and it doesn't it doesn't work for them they're one of those teams that you know throwing money at, at the problem just doesn't work and you know they can have all the talent they want but it doesn't it doesn't gel together so you know they're on two I think they they go to zero and three so I'm on I'm on the Astros What about you, Mitch? What do you like in here? I like I like the Astros too. I like Justin Verlander. I just think that this guy's you know I know Romanelli thinks Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher of this generation, but I actually think it's Justin Verlander because I think he's done it more tried and true. Um, I think Degrom is the most effective when he's on the hill, and I think you know we could look back at you know some of the previous generations and probably argue over pitchers as well. And I always say you know well. Uh, the guy I wouldn't want to stand up there against, Randy Johnson, you know. So, so, but um, you know, but Greg Maddox over that same era had some pretty solid success, you know, doing it a different way. But I would say that you know, Justin Verlander is the best pitcher of this generation, you know. And you look at the wins, you look at the championships, you look at the total package that he's delivered for his team in the big games. And uh, getting his teams to the big games. And I think Noah Syndergaard has great stuff. When he's on and he's healthy and all those things, he's great. Um, If I had a team, I'd love to have him on it. But he's not Justin Verlander. And like Joe Bond said, we've seen this guy come back from the injury. We've seen him whatever. And it's like, oh, he's only going to go. I've seen games where they said he's only going 65 pitches and he's pitching in the bottom of the eighth. You know, I've seen it happen. You know, he's done it time and time again. He just, he's got, he just, he, you know, what can you really, he just has really good stuff. You know what I mean, right? He just, he's just one of those guys. He's first ballot Hall of Famer. It's really but he's 39 years old. At a certain point, a pitcher just, you know, loses it. Yeah, but Justin Verlander, yes, when we lost, when we last saw him, he was far from losing it. You know, senior guards in the prime. Um, maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Right. We don't know where he is. How do you look in the spring, Romanelli? Syndergaard, Um Both pitchers actually look pretty good, I believe. Verlander yep. pitched well. Syndergaard. Let me see. I, I think I remember Syndergaard had like a two point something ERA in spring. 
and he, he's coming off a much bigger injury. He's been out for quite some time now. Yeah, he has, and that's part of uh, the Actually, no. He had a 1.04 ERA, eight and two-thirds innings, 11 strikeouts, uh, only three hits allowed, one earned run, two walks. So really good spring training for Syndergaard. You think that we could look at some of these spring training um, <clears throat> spring training outings and say, well, did he face this Astros lineup? Well, you know, depends on the opponent, yeah. I mean, I think it comes back to that again here. We saw an Angels, you know, team that got pretty much mowed down by Framber Valdez. Um, more than just mowed down. They got pushed around. You're not going to stop Mike Trout completely, you know. I mean, that doesn't happen. But um, they limited the damage from him, too. I don't know. The Astros are a much better team here. I think what like what Javon said about the the Angels throw money at the problem, but I think when you throw money at the problem, that there's not enough money to to hit all the problems. That you got to eventually grow some grow some of that talent and bring them up. You know, and while the Astros lost Altuve, I don't think they're even worried at all. How about the Braves saying we're <laughs> we hated Freddie Freeman. <laughs> How's it going to be like without Freddie Freeman? We hated his guts. <laughs> it's like because he doesn't come across as that guy, right? I know. Yeah. It's like, man, we got rid of that jerk. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that was the best. Really the best comment that you had that, that I've seen, right? It's yeah. like. Because you, you never saw it coming, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, like Tim LaCastro. It's like, oh, God, get him out of here. Diamondback. <laughs> well, it's like when Zach Greinke won this Cy Young in Kansas City. They couldn't wait to get rid of him. It's like, Well, that I could see. He's a strange guy. A lot of these pitchers are strange, though. But Greinke, like, sits on the ground, on the mound. He's very short. And in his interviews, he, he's a little oddball, Greinke. Yeah, he's not a social guy. Freeman seems like a nice guy, but maybe there's more to him than we know. Could be. All right. Well, that wraps up. Oh, we got NHL. Joe, you want to take over the uh, skate onto the ice here? Yeah, so I know you and um, Jovan don't do NHL. So what we'll do is just the first half of the card, second half of the card. If you guys are looking for more in-depth in the NHL, fucking crazy will be up um, hopefully by... Well, it's almost time is it Eastern right now. It's 10 here, 12 Eastern. Should be up by one when we're done our premium and VIP shows. So uh, make sure you join there for more in depth. But to start off, we'll do the first six, 12 games on the board today, you guys. We've got the New Jersey Devils taking on the Dallas Stars, the Washington Capitals taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Florida Panthers uh, versus the Nashville Predators, the Montreal Canadiens versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Columbus Blue Jackets uh, versus the Detroit Red Wings and the Ottawa Senators versus the New York Rangers. Brian, anything you like in those first six? Boy, really tough uh, time of the year as far as betting the NHL, but if I had to pick some of these to take a lean on, I like the New Jersey Devils plus the on the puck line plus the one and a half. Dallas does need the game more. They're at home where they play their best hockey. 
but the Devils have been playing improved hockey. I think they can keep this within a goal. And then on my second play would be on the Nashville Predators at home uh, plus money. Not a game I'm falling in love with, but I like the Nashville on their home ice. I think Florida usually heavily bet. I think they are again today. So I'm going to take Nashville and the Devils plus the one and a half. Nice. I love the Preds there. Ron, what about you? Yeah, this late in the season, I'm looking at a lot of dogs in the NHL as we get to the playoffs. I like the uh, Ottawa Senators. I think they're worth a shot. You know, you don't have to win those games 50% of the time. You don't really have to win them 40% of the time. I think the Senators can uh, get this job done at least 40% of the time. Ottawa uh, has been playing a lot better, I think, since their COVID issues they had in the middle of the season. The Rangers... They're really, uh, to me, I, I think the Rangers are in trouble when it comes to the postseason. I think Igor Shosturkin had a fantastic year. Uh, I think he could be, honestly be the Vesna Trophy. I mean, the uh, Hart Trophy winner. Uh, he's definitely going to get the Vesna. But um, I, did, I just, I'm not in love with this Rangers team five on five. I just don't think. I think with their special teams and goaltending, it's great. The rest of the team, not crazy about. So I like the Senators on the money line. I also like the Predators on the money line. I think you're getting a good price there. At home, it's tough. It's always tough to beat Nashville at Nashville. And uh, the Panthers already clinched a playoff berth. I think they may have already clinched the uh, – no, they haven't clinched the division yet, but looks like they're going to get there. So I, I like the Predators. Yeah, I love them here today, too. We look at uh, the Florida Panthers. They're on that back-to-back. I think they struggle in this one. Home ice advantage plus, and you're getting that plus money. Definitely like it. I'm also looking at the Montreal Canadiens to pull off the upset. You guys can grab them on the puck line. You're still getting plus money on that puck line. But the Leafs have completely struggled against the Montreal Canadiens. They're also returning home from an extended road trip. This is their first game home since uh, the end of last month. So this is a typical letdown spot, a spot that I love to fade that home team returning home. And I think the value of the Montreal Canadiens sprinkling on that money line at plus 320, that line is up up to now definitely is worth it um if anything they keep it tight so taking them on the puck line is the safest way and you're still getting i believe it's plus 125 on that puck line so i love it there and then for myself i like the under between the new jersey devils and the dallas stars i think we have a lower scoring one this total's gone up to six and a half i think it's too high i think what we see now the dallas stars defense is even if they don't win this they're gonna limit um New Jersey in this one, it's going to stay under there. Okay, last six, you guys, we have the Calgary Flames taking on the Seattle Crack, and we have the Anaheim Ducks taking on the Philadelphia Flyers, the New York Islanders taking on the St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche taking on the Edmonton Oilers, the San Jose Sharks versus the Vancouver Canucks, and the last game of the night, Arizona Coyotes taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. We've got some phenomenal games in here. There's going to be some really hard matches in this one. Brian, is there anything you like? I think uh, in that grouping, my best bet would be the Edmonton Oilers at home. They've really been streaking. It's a chance for them to uh, get some revenge from a loss to the Avalanche a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it's a, just a stick-out-your-chest spot here for the Oilers. I like them tonight. Then uh, just to lean on the San Jose Sharks against the Canucks, I think minus 150 is a little bit too high of a price to pay <laughs> on Vancouver. And then um, uh, Romanelli's favorite team, the Islanders, on the money line against the St. Louis Blues. Again, I just think too many people in love with St. Louis. They're gonna, I think they're gonna do nice uh, when the playoffs start. But I think in this game, the Islanders uh, get a, a cosmetic win here. 
cosmetic win? Cosmetic? What does that mean? What the hell does that cosmetic mean? Cosmetic means it doesn't really <laughs> mean anything. It doesn't, doesn't really go really anywhere. Anything. It doesn't help anything for the Islanders. Oh, it's just so they're the not in a playoff race. They're not yeah. in the last team to be out in the wild card race. Listen, yeah, we never cosmetic. say never. The Islanders are 11 points out of a playoff spot. That's five and a half games. There's still 12 to go. So this game is a must win. It's not cosmetic. The Islanders are going to come into St. Louis. They're going to slap Jordan Bennington around. He's going to be yanked in the first period, and the Isles are going to win 7-1. to one. Give me the Isles on the reverse puck line, minus wow. four and a half. It sounded like, he just, right sounded like he just said to take your Sacramento t- Kings ticket and get the hell out of here. <laughs> get on your merry way. <laughs> take your 30 tickets, bucks that you got on the Sacramento Kings, and we'll see. <laughs> show your way to the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, for realistically, I do like the Islanders on the money line. I wouldn't lay four and a half goals, but I do think they win this game. Uh, I don't think the Blues are actually going to do anything in the playoffs. I think they're one of the pretender teams in the Western Conference. Uh, I don't like their goaltending. I think their defense is really not great. Offensively, they're doing well this season. But if you look at the advanced analytics, they're pretty similar to teams like the Detroit Red Wings and Ottawa Senators and their expected goals for and expected goals against. So that's not a good trio to be in. So I'll, I'll take the Islanders here in a must win. Okay. Um, for myself. So we all know I'm a Calgary Flames fan. So a little bit of a Homer pick, but I think they keep rolling in this one. Um, Calgary is just so strong on that puck line on the road, going 20 and 15 this season, Seattle Kraken, you just can't put money with them. They're 12 and 23 at home on that puck line. Um, Calgary just, I think, will own them today. I was trying to look at Calgary's team total just while we were pulling it up here because I do think Calgary gets a ton of goals in this one, and I can see their team total going over. I just don't know if there's going to be value there with it. We got a total of six in the game. Yeah, their team total is three and a half minus 108. I absolutely love it. I think they easily get four goals on the Seattle Kraken. You guys have anything else to add in hockey? Nope, that's it for me. Okay, there we go, Mitch. All right, anyone got props or parlays to round out the show? Um, Brian, anything prepared here as far as a prop, a home run prop bet, a regular prop bet, or a parlay? No, for me, I'm going to parlay up the team that you don't like, the Seattle Mariners, and I'm going to take it, uh, parlay them with the Detroit Tigers and White Sox to go under the number today. I think it's a solid parlay. Jovan, parlay or prop? Or no, I'll put, out three, I'll put out a three-team out there. Red Sox, Rangers, and Guardians. Guardians. All right. On the board. Straight Keller fade. You could do a double Keller fade. You could do Cardinals and uh, and, and you should throw the Cardinals in there. You could fade Keller again. Yeah. Don't fade Mitch. Whatever you do. Uh, Mitch, Mitch Keller is horrible, too. Terrible. My namesake. Terrible. Mitch Keller. <laughs> what Keller do you, would you prefer, Brad or Mitch? <clears throat> For me, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> that is Brad Keller. I don't know, man. I don't know. Damn, that's that's interesting. Guy got to put got to put their stats together, you know, side by side to, uh, to to judge that one. But Mitch Keller ain't too ain't ain't too far 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 off of Brad Keller. 
And Brad Keller did have a, a decent season in 2020. That short, that short season. So I don't know. Mm. Throw your money in the garbage. Two team parlay with the Kellers going at it. Um, for me, player prop. I'm going to take the under four and a half strikeouts for Jordan Lyles. I know it's pretty juicy. So if you want to lay maybe four under, I think that's a fine play as well. You know, Jordan Lyles, he's a 7.3 strikeouts per nine last year. That's not going to get four and a half in, in the two, three innings. I think he pitches in this one. I think the Rays get at him pretty early. I think he has a short outing. He just has, he's been a below average pitcher in his entire career. And for me, that's just not going to change in, in one game against a good Rays lineup. So, I'll take the under four and a half strikeouts or four strikeouts for Jordan Lyles. Joe? Um, give me Brady Kachuk of the Ottawa Senators for over on his shots on goal. We can get him over three and a half shots on goal at minus 114. I like it here. He has been limited in some games, but I think he is in for a good game today. I'm gonna stick with my I'm gonna stick with my parlay of the A's and the Rangers, uh, two big money line dogs there, and my player prop. I'm gonna try and make it three home run uh, props in a row in three days. Uh, you guys are gonna love this one too. Jose Altuve at plus three twenty. I think Syndergaard pitches well, but I think uh, he might give up a bomb ski to uh, Jose Altuve. He's I, I read it on my iPad that he's got a good chance to do that. Anyways, thanks, everyone, for joining us. We appreciate you, everyone. And take advantage of that 15% off. We, we don't generally run coupons, so kind of just a test, you know, to see if it's something you guys are interested in. If you're not interested, we won't run discounts. Um, you guys want to save some money? Well, today's the day, today and tomorrow. Didn't really unadvertised special. It really gives it a really good chance of success. <laughs> Let's have a coupon and not advertise it. <laughs> I just learned about it this morning. <laughs> I'll make sure I throw it out on Puck and Crazy. Yeah, I'll, th- I'll throw it out on all the videos for tomorrow, too. Awesome. I'll put it on the screen. Sounds good. Well, everyone, have a wonderful day. Thanks, everyone, for joining us here. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Make it a winning day. We appreciate each and every one of you. Bye, guys. Otani is plus 150 in a home run. How is that even wow. possible? <laughs> plus 150 to hit a home run. That Mike Trout. Verlander to get bombed. Today. Mike that Trout is plus 185. Yep, that's who I like today, Trout. You, you're always humping up on Syndergaard. Last year you were humping up on Syndergaard. He's coming back. He's coming back. It's like he's out for the season. <laughs> he's back. 